Welcome to the Grace Experience with Grace Wood. Being raised as a devout Sunni Muslim woman, but much like the Apostle Paul, radically saved by Jesus with her own Damascus Road experience. Let's join Grace now and learn the lessons that she has learned from her Heavenly Father and rekindle our relationship with Him. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Grace Wood. Good day everybody, my name is Grace and you are listening to The Grace Experience. I am a former Sunni Muslim and my podcast is based upon my journey with Jesus and I hope that I can inspire you in any capacity to seek God first in everything you do. I wrote a quote today and actually this morning I should say and it says only God knows what happens in the heart of men or women. You know, everything that we do um, is inspired by something, whether it's negative or positive. There's always an inspiration behind what we do, what we do. We don't know why people behave the way they behaved, be it childhood issues, be it relationship issues, or whatever it is. There's an inspiration behind that. So my podcast this week is inspired by love. This past month has been the month of Ramadan and if you don't know it is a holy month for Muslims and I've been fasting um, as well not for from a Islamic perspective but a, it's an assignment that God had given me to do last year and I continued it this year I've been literally waking up thinking about love and not romantic love but just God's love and during this month of Ramadan has been my month of love and my focus scripture has been 1 Corinthians 13 and so I'll read a little bit about from it um, out of the Passion Translation Love is the motivation of our lives 1 Corinthians 13 1 says If I were to speak with eloquence in, earthly, in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels yet I didn't express myself with love my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with the profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I have the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but I have never learned to love, then I am nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I owned, to feed the poor, and to offer my body to be burnt as a martyr without the motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is safe of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. You know, as I look over the past year, I see a series of intense healing. I see that 
I don't respond to life's issues as I typically would because I see the hurt in others and I see what inspires them to respond the way they do. I've come to also realize some, something important that the amount of energy it takes to hate or to remain angry and vengeful is way too costly and quite simply it is exhausting. And so for me I've learned that I have been bankrupt because I have not been able to receive love and even God's love or express love because my focus was protecting myself because of past life experiences and honestly it's just too it's too costly and it's too tiring and it takes your focus away from what's important understanding that people will hurt you people will disappoint you but the one thing that remains is love the bible says that perfect love never stops loving this past month i've literally woken up thinking about love and what it looks like to me and how i've experienced love from a child up until adulthood and I can see where the bankruptcy started. But the beauty of it is that when God opens your eyes to see those areas of opportunity, that means that he's working on those areas. He's working to fix those bankruptcies in you. This is something I try to fix on my own by reading all the books, going to therapy, etc., which is not a bad thing. But coupled with the Word of God, um, it demands success. So I'm going to share experience I had a couple of years ago. Um, I had to go back to South Africa in 2017 after leaving South Africa in 1995, actually. I didn't go back because I became a Christian and I had accepted the fact that my family no longer spoke to me and you know this was my new life so I was I thought I was okay with that so in 2017 my mom got really ill and I remember a couple months before that I just had a strong desire to renew my passport but I didn't because whenever I would feel that urgency to do so I would talk myself out of it and say well I mean you can never go back it's not like you will be welcomed with open arms. But in 2017, my mother got so ill and that there was rumors that she was going to pass. And so I knew I had to go. I could not pretend like this was happening. And I had to face those things head on. When I think back on it, it was love that compelled me to go. Because I went not knowing what would happen not knowing if anybody was going to be at the airport picking me up, not knowing really what my fate was. But I knew that, you know, God said to go, so I knew that I was covered, that I would be protected. But, you know, even though you know these things, at the back of your mind sometimes there's that fear. But again, love compelled me to go. So I knew I was going irrespective. I got messages from some family members telling me not to come, that I wasn't welcome to come. And of course, in my true nature, 
I rose up to that occasion where <laughs> there was no fear, but it was not fueled by love at that point when they threatened me. It was fueled by anger. I didn't even recognize that at the time. There was more hurt because I was being rejected and I had been rejected for so long that my normal response to that was anger and I only recognized anger instead of recognizing the hurt. Okay. When I went there, I was met by the airport by my youngest brother and it was like I'd never left South Africa. Our relationship was seemed like it was intact and still we still have a relationship today. But one of the things that I did before I went, and I'm going to read the scripture um, from Psalm 68. God arise with awesome power and every one of your enemies will scatter in fear. Chase them away. All these God haters, blow them away as a puff of smoke. Melt them away like wax in the fire. One good look at you and the wicked vanish. But let all your godly lovers be glad. Yes, let them rejoice in your presence and be carried away with gladness. Let them laugh and be radiant with joy. Let them sing their celebration songs for the coming of the cloud rider whose name is Yah. To the fatherless he is a father. To the widow he is a champion friend. To the lonely he makes them part of a family. To the prisoners he leads them. He leads into prosperity until they sing for joy. This is our holy God in his holy place. But for the rebels, there's heartache and despair. O oh Lord, it is you who march in front of your people, leading them through the wasteland. I meditated on Psalm 68. And <laughs> I laugh because when I went back home, those that were planning things against me literally were not there. Okay, so the main offender, I say offender, <laughs> Um, like David was saying, scatter them. Literally, he was scattered. He has a business and he gets um, stuff that comes from China. And there was a hole up in customs. So he wasn't able to get the material that he needed for his business. And that lasted the entire month that I was in South Africa. When I think about that, it's not that God doesn't, doesn't love him. But there was a job for me to do. It wasn't that God loves me more. No, He loves us all the same. There's no cookie cutter love. love. God loves us exactly where we are. But there was something that I had to do. There was a, a purpose for me to go. So there was nothing that was going to stop that purpose or, or God's purpose for me to be there. And when I went there, my relationship with my mom was rekindled. The things that... I was concerned about that I held on to I let go because love literally overrode every offense and the Bible talks about that it's like there's no competition between love and hate hate will never win never and I saw this firsthand when I was there you know culture dictated that she treat me a certain way but she didn't one of the main things she said to me, and I will never forget, I was at the hospital with her and I, w I had the opportunity and it was an honor to take care of her, honestly. And I remember bathing her and 
she grabbed my hand and she said, do you know how much I love you? And um, if you know my mother, she is very strong and she's hard and life has made her that way. But in those moments, I honestly saw a mother's love. And I realized that all those years of holding on to try to stay mad and justifying why I'm angry, it really didn't matter. All that matters was those moments of rebuilding certain things. Now, is that relationship perfect? No, it's not. But as you begin to heal and as love dominates you, you start seeing people in a different light. Like I was saying, you see what inspires people, what makes them do what they do. And you can't help but feel compassion because when you look at hurting people, and I can totally relate because I can see myself and my responses and reactions to people and the inspiration behind my responses. I can look at people and say, wow, I understand and not take it personal. And that is a huge milestone for me. Huge. But that again does not mean that we don't feel pain and we don't hurt. We just learn how to manage and we understand the nature of people. But one thing is that you can never, <laughs> what I've learned is that you can never go against God's love because it is. If you are a child of God, and even if you're not, in the case of like when I went to South Africa, even though the culture dictated that she should not talk to me or she should ostracize me, she clung to me and I clung to her. And there was an acceptance of my lifestyle that, okay, now that I'm a Christian, because I remember at one point I was at the hospital and she was sleeping and she turned to me and she said, she called me by my Arabic name and she said, is anybody mistreating you? And I said, well, why would they mistreat me? And she said, because you're Christian and they better not mistreat you. And I remember at that point taking my headscarf off and I never wore it again because I didn't realize how important it was at that moment that my mother accepted the choices I made, especially to follow Christ because Islam dictates that the penalty for leaving Islam is death. I'm an apostate because I've renounced Islam. So there's certain protocol that Muslim people do when an apostate returns back to her people. So I was going back. So there was certain protocol that had to be done. But every plan they set up in place didn't happen. Nothing happened. I remember other family members coming to me and telling me what was going to happen or what should have happened or what they were planning. Like everybody was turning against everybody and telling me. Okay, but nobody did anything. When I was there, I remember going to church, worshipping, um, doing everything that I would normally do while I was in the States. And it never occurred to me at the time that I could be in danger. Now, some of you may call it ignorance, but I call it God's protection because there was things that I had to do while I was there and I didn't give it thought. I would hear God and I would just move because I knew my time was limited and there was this urgency. There were, so there were certain seeds that had to be sown and I just moved. Um, I wasn't fearful. It is now that I reflect 
on that trip and I think, wow, I can't believe I did half the things I did. You know, there were family members that I hadn't seen since the age of 19. And they were just so glad that I was home after all those years. And we never focused on the fact that I had left Islam, but we focused on relationship. And they never stopped telling me that they loved me and that they were proud of me. And there were some family members that would come to me and say, hey, can you pray for me? And, you know, in those moments, I'm like, I was shocked, but yet I was moved. And I, I had a sibling that um, that was having some pain in his body. And he came to me and he said, when everybody goes to sleep, can you pray for me? And I thought, like, like what the heck is going on here? But I was absolutely <laughs> excited to pray for him because the fact that he asked, you know. And um, I remember that night, everybody going to sleep. And him and I being in the back room in the house and laying hands on him and praying over him and not trying to minimize who God was, but just flowing as I typically would flow. And the conversations we had that, you know, I never repeated because I could tell that God was working in, in him and that a change would come eventually. But all I had to do is listen and not ask too many questions or judge and just do what he asked me to do and that was to pray. And it was in those moments that I could see God working. But the greatest thing that I learned or that I experienced when I was over there was my mom. The biggest lesson I learned was that she loved me in a way that I didn't understand or in a way that I couldn't receive because of the way God wired me. For example, when my mom was a young girl, her mom abandoned her. And because she didn't abandon us, that was her way of showing love. Where how I receive love is through words of affirmation, is by telling me, telling me you love me, you know what I mean? And so the way she showed me love, I didn't feel love because that's not my love language. And sometimes people love us from the way that they can show love because they have limitations based upon life experiences. And I can say that because I've experienced the same thing, but it's just that through the Holy Spirit and through healing, I'm able to see those limitations. Whereas when somebody doesn't see that, they can't change it. So I'll give you another example. If the relationship between a parent, right? So the mother works all the time because she wants to make sure that her child has everything. So she's providing. So for her, that's showing her child love. But a child saying, well, you know, mom worked all the time and she didn't spend enough time with me. So the child, even though she has everything she needs, she still doesn't feel love because her love language is quality time. So then there's this confusion or in a sense of not feeling love, but that's how she's wired or that's how people are wired. But you can't see those things when you are not healed. And sometimes healing is not being completely perfect because you're never going to reach perfection. But it's, it's knowing and recognizing the things that make you bankrupt. Because 
I was bankrupt for a long time. I mean, really. And it was the lack of compassion, of not being able to show love or receive love. And that's something I struggle with now, but there's an awareness. So when, when there's an awareness, for me, the battle is half won. Maybe that's my thorn, I don't know. But I do know that love, like the Word of God says, covers a multitude of sin. <laughs> so I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13, 8, and it says, Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial, but when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. When I was a child, I spoke about childish matters, for I saw things like a child and reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured and I set aside my childish ways. For now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries as though reflected in a mirror. But one day we will see it face to face. My understanding is, now in, is incomplete now, but one day I will understand everything just as everything about me has been fully understood. Until then, there are three things that remain, faith, hope and love. Yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. Sometimes when I think about love, um, I'm so overwhelmed because, wow, where I've come from, what I've experienced in my life, it's impossible for me to be at this point that I am. It's nothing I did. It's not because I'm good. It's not because I'm wonderful. I've actually been pretty hateful. And I've, for the most part of my life, functioned from a place of hurt and anger and bitterness and rejection and abandonment. <laughs> and I can list so many things that I function from. And I thank God for Jesus. I thank God for the Holy Spirit for showing me me. And when I think of love, love is correction. When I think of God's correction towards me, I'm so full with gratitude and my heart is full and it overflows because when somebody corrects you, they absolutely love you. When a person can see you doing something and they do not correct you, they do not love you. And so I'm grateful for correction. I'm grateful for the people that God sent to help me or to correct me. And sometimes I've gotten angry with them. But I thank God that they were bold enough to look past my facial expression and look past my um, sharp tongue and still said what they needed to say. And I could say that I am better because of that. Love is watching your children play and listening to them chatter and talk and being filled with such gratitude that God has given you a fruitful womb, that he's entrusted you. And that's love to me. Love is sitting with family members that are unbelievers and your heart is just crying. But you love them where they're at because you know that you were them and they are still your people and you never lose hope and you keep praying and you stay in your face and you fast if you need to fast and you look past offenses because you realize that they're coming from a place that they're coming from because they don't know and you remember when you responded that way and so you can show compassion 
and as you're sitting there watching your family members and enjoying them and breaking bread with them and you just look and you like Lord in your heart I'm like God if you did it for me you can do it for them I know that your plans are perfect and your will will be done love is acceptance and as I sit with my family and knowing that it was difficult for them to accept my new faith accept my new lifestyle and the fact that I speak boldly about Islam and my experiences with it but as I've healed and the anger has lessened and gone I speak from a place of understanding and compassion knowing why they respond the way they respond even those that don't speak to me I get it it's like I was you so I get why you do what you do it doesn't take the hurt away but it gives me understanding to treat them the way that God wants me to treat them now love doesn't make you foolish and love doesn't mean that you don't consider safety no God's love has discernment and it has wisdom and all those attributes of God because God is love so it doesn't mean you love people that you forget to protect yourself or you forget you know I'm not ignorant of the fact that where I am now with certain family members could tomorrow be in a different place and that's even in relationships and friendship it could change sometimes people don't like the things we do and they may cut you off they may not talk to you and that's okay because you have to love them where they at just as people loved you where when you were at a certain place because none of us will ever arrive I thank God for his love I thank God for opening eyes for showing me me for allowing me to experience what I've experienced for allowing me to go all the way back home after 21 years come back untouched but come back a little more restored realizing that over all those years when my mom and I didn't speak that I was on her heart and that she never stopped loving me she just showed it differently she was concerned about my salvation because Islam teaches that when you leave Islam you're going to go to hell so sometimes when we parent from a place of fear we what looks like I should say hate is really not hate but it's fear and it really still is love it just looks different does that make sense because when I went home the bedroom that I had was referred to as Rabia's room things that I left all those years ago were still in place and I was blown away because you would think when somebody shows you such anger or such hate or so you think or they ostracize you, you think that they got rid of everything that reminds them of you but not so that wasn't my experience I'm the 12th child of 13 and I'm the youngest girl and they were just so happy that I was home and I was embraced and yes, I faced some challenges when I was there. 
but it was almost like there was a shield around me. Um, I know it was God's protection. I know there was people that were praying stateside, and I'm sure people were praying over there. God is amazing, and He's beautiful, and He's consistent, and He's faithful. He is love. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, as I close this podcast, I just want to thank you for your love and for your mercy, for your grace. It is an honor to be loved by you, God. It's an honor to be your daughter, to be your child. Father, I thank you for your overshadowing presence. I thank you for your overshadowing love. I thank you for the ability to show love and to receive your love, God. Father, I thank you for your word, which has correction, which means that you love us, God. That the fact that we are sitting here with having an able body, a sound mind, is love. And that doesn't mean that those that are experiencing health issues doesn't mean that you don't love them. It just means that there's another purpose that you have for them, God. Father, I love you and I thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you for listening. Have a good day. We hope that you have enjoyed today's show of The Grace Experience. Be sure and like our Facebook page, Grace Wood, host of The Grace Experience Show. You can email her at experiencegrace2020 at gmail.com. Join us next week for The Grace Experience.